0: Don't worry, I'll fix it all in post. (laughs) Welcome to the Two White Chicks in China podcast, where a British and an American girl satisfy all your curiosity and questions about what it's like to live in China today. And now your hosts, Holly and Nora...
1: Hello! Here we are again. This is episode 120 of the Two-Eyed Chicks in China podcast. Thanks for joining us! Yeah! Thank you to everyone who has left us a review and also thank you to everyone who is pledging on Patreon, including Corey. Thank you, he's our new patron. He's our question for the week, right? Yeah, that's right. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, the stars have aligned, Corey. (laughs) That's awesome. Thank you. Uh, Nara, do you have a fact about China for us today?
0: I wanted to talk a little bit about KOLs in China. This isn't something that I had really heard about before coming to China, although that was in 2009, so they probably didn't really even exist. So KOL stands for Key Opinion Leaders. So in China, people don't Google stuff. It's not just because Google is not available in China. It's um, that they trust their network above just like random people talking about stuff on the internet. Mm -hmm. Part of that is the culture. You know, they're very network oriented. You've heard of the concept of guanxi, probably, which is like a network. Just using your relationships in all aspects of life, actually, not even in just business, um, to get the things that you need. And for online information, they tend to trust. So there's two things. They either trust their own social network or they trust these KOLs. So these KOLs are personalities who have gotten a reputation for being trustworthy and knowledgeable on a certain topic. So a lot of advertising companies, when they come to China, they have to learn all about how to get KOLs to introduce their brands because it's very hard to gain the trust of the Chinese consumer without them being influenced by an actual person. Mm. It's not like in the U.S. where if there's a new phone coming out, the company just talks about the tech specs and and people get attracted by the actual hardware and think, oh, this is really cool. In China, a lot of times it's much easier and faster to reach the consumers when you get a celebrity or a KOL to talk about the brand on their WeChat or Weibo or wherever they're chatting to their fans online. Yeah. So I wanted to... Talk about one who has become really popular lately, who's called Becky Lee. Of course, is a pseudonym, and she—they call her the goddess of shopping. Um, So Becky's fantasy blog, and this is my—it's not really a fact fact, but it just kind of gives you a perspective about these key opinion leaders and just how outrageous this is. So Becky's not a celebrity or anything; she's a normal person. She was a journalist. Um, and then she decided to go blogging full-time about fashion, and she sold 100 Mini Coopers in less than
1: five minutes on her blog. How did she sell them? What was she, did she just send, how, how did this happen? Like, what happened?
0: She just did, uh, they had, like, Mini, they had some relationship with Mini Cooper, They did, like, a special color. They did, like, a Mini Cooper in a special color that was only available on her blog. And she sold a hundred of them in less than five minutes. Um, And so that's just not even a one-off either. She did an advertorial, which is a word apparently. I guess it's an editorial combined with an advertisement. I don't know, paid editorial. She did it for a German fine jewelry brand, and the company reached a million sales in three days a million sales oh by by, by the way i'm getting this from jing daily which is lately my favorite news source for news about china jingdaily.com jing it's pretty cool so there's your little little fact about china that's
1: amazing Uh, i feel as though like advertising and stuff is really obvious and very forceful in china I remember a couple of months ago starting to see Leonardo DiCaprio's face, like, popping up on all these advertisements. It's for a phone company, right? Communications company of some kind. And it's so bizarre. Like, I think to us, who are used to, well, I mean, I feel as though I'm used to slightly more subtle advertising. This is so obvious. Like, buy this product product because i'm leonardo dicaprio yeah exactly that's basically the reason
0: they really believe that those (laughs) celebrities use the product they believe that oh if he's saying it then it must be true whereas i feel like in the west we're more skeptical like oh so kate winslet's selling this perfume do we really care that much um i think in china you're, you're right people it's so just blatant yeah we were talking A while back, we had an episode, um, we talked a little bit about Chinese TV, and I was telling about some of my favorite TV shows, and their product placement, because we all know there's product placement in movies and TV everywhere, but I do feel like in the West... It's way more subtle. Except for now, there's a trend with them being really blatant on purpose as a joke. Right. Which is also kind of clever, but it's like
1: the sarcastic way of product placement, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Oh, it's funny. I was actually going to say also about using famous people. I feel like we're we're doing it in the West in more of like a parody sense. Like uh, Kevin Bacon, or at least he used to, do advertisements for... I think it's also a phone company in the UK, but it's so tongue-in-cheek, it's it's really funny. Hmm. So they're using it in, like, this, yeah, it's...
0: You're right, I've seen quite a few YouTube ads lately that have right. really famous celebrities doing this kind of... Mm-hmm. They either pretend not to be famous or they pretend to be somebody else, right. and it's kind of, like you said, tongue-in-cheek style advertising. But in China, it's just really obvious. Like, this um, I supermodel show that I was watching... It was sponsored by Oreos, which is like, what? Okay. Um, And so they would have the models eating Oreos every so often, but it would be so obvious. They would do, like, slow-motion shots of them, like – In the middle of the conversation, you know, they'd be chatting about something and it'd be just like slow motion shot of them like biting into an Oreo cookie or being like, oh, Oreos, we love Oreo, like super, super obvious because these models aren't really actresses, so it was just even more obvious when they were doing it, and so it's just really, it's really funny. Just the whole nature of advertising is so different in China as in the west right
1: and who chooses Oreos for a program about supermodels that's what i said i'm like nobody believes you eat that because <laughs> i know it won't, didn't they also have water they were promoting some sort of water spring waters as well evian maybe i don't know i forget oh, there There's i am friends. i'm doing promotion already oh <laughs> uh yeah they, they were doing water that makes sense but not Oreos. <laughs> <laughs> moving on well, my news article is also equally baffling. Uh, I know I've given you some some interesting articles in the past, but this one has left me scratching my head. So the headline is Chinese man recovers 300,000 US dollars in cash left in a bar for an ex-girlfriend after she says it's not enough. <laughs> what? Right, so, so, workers in a bar in Hangzhou said that uh, two well-dressed women aged about twenty had arrived together at ten p m on a Sunday night. They ordered drinks after being joined by a tall, young man with a silver-gray suitcase. The suitcase is important, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The three chatted until about midnight when they began arguing and the man left abruptly, leaving the suitcase behind. The women soon left, but they left the suitcase behind. They were closing up and they decided, we better put the suitcase in a storeroom and they might come and collect it again. But they accidentally dropped it Which you do not believe at all. And it accidentally popped open and there was uh, lots of bundles of 100 yuan notes inside. So the bar manager called the police who collected the case and discovered there was 2 million yuan in cash inside of it. (gasps) Right. So on Monday, the police informed the bar that they'd found the young man. He went to the police station to get his suitcase, arriving in a Rolls Royce. (laughs) So it turns out this la- this guy, and I'm call- I was going to call him a lad because he's basically 23 year old, works in IT and said that one of the women had been his former girlfriend and she'd requested a breakup fee from him, <laughs> uh, asked why she'd left the suitcase, the man said she'd asked for 10 million, and she probably felt the sum of money was not enough, uh, which is why she'd left it. After confirming that this was actually the man's money, the police gave him back the suitcase and the money <laughs> quote warning him of the perils of becoming emotional and advising him not to leave lar- large sums of money in public places <laughs> <laughs> oh my god what a uh, breaking up fee what is this about who is this guy i don't know it's just bizarre like he's 23 works in it how can he have that much cash like it's crazy anyway i mean i i just this was just unbelievable Oh man, the breakup up fee in is his a new one. Yeah. I yeah. can just
0: imagine this case is like the one from the movies where it's all <laughs> fancy, <laughs> like metal, like a metal silver yeah, case. Like, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. He
1: probably had it handcuffed to his wrist or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <that's>... breakup fee. <laughs> and I bet now there's going to be. I'm going to be reading loads of articles like this. Did it talk at all about how the netizens reacted? No, unfortunately not. But I'm going to keep my eyes peeled because I bet there's some more articles yeah that pop
0: up. <laughs> i'd be curious yeah. to
1: know what chinese medicines feel about <laughs> this yeah, definitely.
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow i'm surprised the bar staff didn't just like quietly divide it amongst each other and it's very but i guess in china you
1: have a lot of cctv and people tend to track mm-hmm. these things down so yeah and if the boyfriend ex-girlfriend had contact with the guy i guess she would have said like i didn't have that. i don't have the case mm-hmm yeah, I've noticed in the restaurants and stuff, people
0: are... Like, the staff is usually really honest about things. Like, when I first came to China, I would tip the restaurant mm, staff. And yeah, then they would always cheers, chase yeah. me down the road with the money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Hey, hey, you forgot this money. Yeah. I was like, it's for
1: you. They're like, no, 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 no. And they'll chase me and give it back to me. Yeah. Well, the, uh, I think I mentioned about my father-in-law leaving his backpack on the metro full of very expensive camera equipment and we got it back like Mm -hmm. intact no one had even touched it
0: don't try this as an experiment because there are definitely (laughs) pickpockets. and actually they around chinese new year this is when the pickpockets come out because a lot of people get desperate especially here in shenzhen those who are working as migrant workers Mm -hmm. they have like expectations when they come home to bring home a certain amount of money because it's like oh they've been away all year and they need to bring back money for the family so they get kind of desperate towards Chinese New Year so that's when it gets a little bit more dodgy but Mm. in general I've had very good impressions about I mean considering the size of the city it's remarkably safe yeah
1: I I think pickpocketing I think it does happen from time to time although yeah I've never been a victim of that either but I think taking something that's just been left I don't think that happens very often yeah I think I don't think people just see a left bag and think oh i'll have that Mm -hmm. you know there is this sense like this does belong to someone i'm gonna hand it in yeah maybe that has to do with as you said about security cameras and i mean if you get caught for that kind of thing there are serious repercussions here so
0: yeah theft is definitely not Mm -hmm. smiled upon in this Society. I don't think it's mild in
1: any society. True, but <laughs> even more in China. It's like, yeah, you're right. It's you're right. Ser- it's serious. It's yeah, pretty yeah.
0: serious. I even notice like a lot of times because you know when I'm carrying around the baby, mm-hmm. sometimes she'll have a toy a and she'll drop oh, the yeah, toy yeah, or something, right. and people are so nice. It's they chase cool. after me or like her hat or something. Mm-hmm. They're always really kind and chase after me and help me get that stuff back. Yes. And I also often see, um, and a lot of it is with the kids stuff, because kids just drop things all the time, randomly. Um, like yesterday, actually, just yesterday, I saw a, a, a kid had lost a shoe, and somebody had picked it up off the ground and just set it on top of one of those. So they have these, like, posts that stick out of the ground that stop bikes and cars from driving on the sidewalk, so they had just picked it up and put it put it up there so it'd be easier I to see that, and like yeah, yeah and like
1: not get trampled by other people. It's just a really nice gesture. Yeah. and I've I've had situations. I mean, this sounds like I've just made it sound like it happens to me all the time. But I've seen keys on the ground, mm-hmm. and I've often thought like, should I give them to like the nearest like restaurant or something? But then I thought, no. If they come back, if they realize they may have dropped them in a certain space, yeah, just put them so they might it might be more obvious. Like yeah, on those posts and stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've often seen also seen keys mm-hmm. on the ground and people. People notice them and they kind of hesitate, but yeah. they w- just walk around them because it is like that makes the most sense. If you if you lose your keys, yeah. you usually just go back where you came from, right. tracing your steps. So it's actually probably the best to just leave them yeah.
1: where they are. Yeah, yeah. And I've obvi- I've definitely dropped stuff and like gone back, and not just like within minutes. Like sometimes within I oh it was my so I had a. I think it was a Starbucks card. I know it's really trivial, but I'd just been given it, and I'd gone to the the grocery store, and for some reason I had it in a pocket instead of, like, my purse, and I'd i gone to the grocery store. I'd gone home and realized, crap, I've just gotten this Starbucks card, and I've just dropped it. I went back, like, half an hour later, and it had been handed in. It was, like, on the on the checkout where I'd obviously dropped it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I remember I left my laptop
0: case at the coffee shop a few months oh, back, yeah, right? and... I went back to find it, and I love that case, and I was heartbroken to see that it wasn't there, Mm -hmm. but then I asked the staff, and they said, oh, yeah, somebody brought it in, and then I got it back. (laughs) Really nice. Can I take a detour, though? Because this is reminding me, like, walking around outside on the street. We are talking about that, and that reminded me about two t-shirts that I saw on my way to work. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) Okay, I love these t-shirts that people wear here because a lot of times they don't know what they say or there's something wrong on the shirt and so it's it's very amusing when you see people wearing these the first one just was it was actually really depressing but I just found it funny anyway is it a shirt the guy was wearing that said in huge letters you're not happy oh <laughs> So you can see him coming from a mile away saying, you're not happy, and it's like, one of the things that I see as I'm going into work, and I'm like, hmm. mm.
1: <laughs> you may have a point. I'm like, that's genius and so mean. <laughs> kids are often, you often see, sorry, you often see kids in weird t-shirts. Super weird. Super really inappropriate t-shirts. Yeah, like the wear pink condoms
0: one, that's one of my favorite ones. I saw this little, this cute little girl, pigtails and all, she must have been eight or less than eight. And she was wearing this shirt. It was like cute little pink shirt. And she had a tutu. I'm not joking. She had a tutu on with it. And then the shirt was in black letters written across the front said, wear pink condoms. And it was just huge letters. And the girl was so adorable, but it was just so ridiculous. Nobody was taking a look
1: at what the shirt was saying. (laughs) Yeah. And it's not meant to be ironic either. It's it's just unfortunate.
0: <laughs> yeah. The other one I saw today was one that said, love is a carefully dizagined lie. <laughs> and I was just chuckling to myself. Oh. I was like, that is a carefully dizagined t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody failed to do any kind of spell checking for that oh, one. Oh, dear. Yeah. Some of them are just complete nonsense. Like, it's just yeah, letters.
1: Definitely.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not like it's a different language. It's just letters. Yeah. Just randomly strewn together that supposedly look cool, or one will be a word and then one will be like kind of look like a word and it's just randomly placed. But I guess it sim- must be mm-hmm. similar when people just splattered like
1: clothing yeah. in the West with Chinese characters right. or tattoos. I mean that's the biggie, right? Yeah, their major fails uh, where people just. I mean, I, I don't know. I, this is I always feel like this is an urban legend where there's a guy who asks for a tattoo and he comes out and he finds out years later it says like chicken chow man or something oh i've seen i've seen is that actually genuine people? i mean I've, I've i've seen tattoos that were definitely dodgy and that are incorrect and the person thought it said peace but it said something like really obnoxious oh i've seen um, one that said i'm an ugly boy i think i've seen that one i think like that's on, our, I think that's on our website actually is on it yeah yeah <laughs>
0: I've definitely seen some, seen some that are really they are really tattoos or that say just like rice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine like in English, if somebody just has like rice tattooed on the back of their neck? So funny, so funny. Yeah, well, Uh oh, culture. <laughs> Anywho, should we get on to the question, or do you have any uh, anything else? Going <laughs> no, no. On? Let's
1: uh, let's hear our question from Cory. <laughs>
2: Ni hao, Holly and Nora. This is Corey calling in from North Carolina in the United States. Uh, first of all, thanks for the podcast. It's a great podcast. I've been listening since about January and you ladies do a great job of just explaining the Chinese culture and some of the customs of the Chinese people. And ironically enough, I'm a gay vegetarian massage therapist and I'm a full time student. So I think there's literally been an episode that you've done pertaining to every last one of those things that I've listened to. So thank you for that, because it's definitely broadened my perspective. I did have a few other questions in terms of maybe what like a ballpark estimate for a one-month budget in a city the size of Shanghai would be, roughly. Um, it doesn't have to be anything exact, but I do know cities like Shanghai and Beijing and Hong Kong can tend to be a little more expensive. In terms of other Chinese cities. And then, if either of you might happen to know a resource for massage education somewhere near Shanghai, or maybe you would know the right way to do the research, because when I've tried to do the research, I've found that most of the websites are written in Chinese. But I would love to find like a reflexology class or some type of massage education class that I might be able to take while I'm there. So, that about sums up all of my other questions. And then, just If there's anything I should be aware of or know before coming to Shanghai. But that's about it. And thanks again for the podcast. And yeah.
1: Well, thank you, Kari. That's uh, two very interesting questions. And I'm just going to tell you, first of all, I have never been to Shanghai. Uh, That's my A. And B, I don't like massage. So I'm not the best person to answer either of these questions, but I have tried, tried my hardest to find some information to answer this question.
0: <laughs> uh, I got you, Corey. I've been to Shanghai and I like massage. Although, again, I've never taken any classes or anything. No. So, again, it was all about the research. And any of you listening out there, if you have any experience with this, please, we're mm-hmm. reaching out to you again. Leave your experience, advice, contacts for Corey at writtenchinese.com slash episode 120, right? Yeah, that's right. Episode 120. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you just keyword search massage, I'm sure you'll find you'll find the yeah. show notes on writtenchinese.com. So Corey's a gay vegetarian massage therapist. That's a mouthful for China. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, these topics we've covered, like homosexuality we've covered, vegetarianism Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we've covered, and they've all got their own interesting facets when put into this culture here. And then massage is also, because massage is a very different practice in China than in other places that I personally have had massages in some other countries, um, like Thailand and Israel and the U.S., and somewhere in Europe. Oh, in Bulgaria. And the practice in China is quite different from anywhere else that I have been to. So this Mm -hmm. is really, this will be really interesting for him
1: all around. Okay. So let's first talk about the budget. All right. So Holly, what do you think about this? All right. Well, so I found, I did some research and I found some sites. Uh, One was budgetyourtrip.com and one was priceoftravel.com, which gave me some Estimations of prices, and really, like, I, I feel as though they're not too different from what I would expect from a city, like, a, a larger city. And some, I, I got some prices for, you know, if you, if you're not really on a budget, and then also if you're limited money-wise. Alright, so, if you've got, you know, money to burn, it says the average cost of accommodation is 469 RMB. It seems quite steep. What is that um, in US dollars? You're the American! <laughs> Like 80? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think. 80, yeah, 85? about $80. Yeah. Is Something that, I mean, okay. Like <laughs> yeah, I'm just agreeing with you.
0: Well, by the way, um, we, we can put all of these price points in mm-hmm. the show notes as well, so you yeah. can go back and do your own calculation and budgeting yeah. as well.
1: So, again, that's slash episode 120. And food is going to cost you on average of 116 RMB, which is, let's say, $18. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something like that uh transport four or five dollars and then if you're on a budget this is like for a whole day so if you really want to like go cheap then you can do a whole day for about 246 accommodation so I guess in uh, like a hostel um you can you can get like really cheap accommodation so we're looking at about 164 dollars b which is say uh, 22 dollars 20- twenty something like that and food 50 r which is about eight dollars i think eight or nine dollars uh, which i don't think is bad at all and then some other prices for like taxi rides uh on average about 26 which is kind of the same as in shenzhen which is about four dollars i reckon and then price for like a subway ticket is three <laughs> is three kwai three R&B, which is what's that in what's that in Half a dollar. Half a dollar. She's so ridiculous. So you don't need to worry about those things. It's it's pretty cheap.
0: It adds up if you're taking them every day. Yeah. I mean, if you price out. um, So I also used a website to kind of look. Because I looked up Shenzhen, and then I saw it was very accurate for our city. And I thought, Mm -hmm. oh, maybe it's going to be pretty good for Shanghai. So... Shenzhen is slightly cheaper than Shanghai. Yeah. I looked at Shanghai, and it's, uh, it was on a site called Numbeo. So it's, oh. yeah, N-U-M-B-E-O, <laughs> n- U- Numbeo. Oh, isn't that
1: the one I used? Mm-hmm, I think back- so. I, think I, so right? I
0: It rang a bell. It, it's a very basic-looking site, but I believe that information is very
1: up-to-date. Yeah, I think that's the one I used for our recent podcast on uh, what was the price of living in, Sh- in Shenzhen or something.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had kind of similar results. Do you have a total for the month? Uh,
1: For the month? Oh, you know what? I did, but I didn't write it down, so sorry.
0: You'll have to do your own.
1: Yeah. And, well, if you go, I'm going to, I'll link to the, what, what I found and it actually gives you a break, like a, a, a monthly breakdown. So you can change some of the, if it's for a month or for a week or whatever, and then it'll cal- calculate, it. it'll give you an estimation of how much it'll cost for a week or a month or mm-hmm. for two people or four people, etc.
0: Yeah. Yeah. According to my calculations, it should be about, I'd say a minimum of $1,200 for the month would be good. I looked, um, on Airbnb. And found similar prices to the hostel. Mm-hmm. Um, about 20 bucks a day you can get a decent place that's not far from the metro line. So I don't know exactly how, what you plan to do in terms of living. Because in Shanghai, if you stay at a hotel versus staying in an Airbnb or in a hostel, obviously you're going to pay way more mm-hmm. than that. And then I'd say like $60 for the month for the local transportation. And then if you add any taxi rides, it'll be like 6 to $10 dollars for per ride and then I thought maybe total for food something like 500 bucks because it's sometimes you'll eat out sometimes you'll get groceries if you're eating out for every meal you might need a little bit more Mm -hmm. than that and it depends on where you're eating you're a vegetarian Corey, so it might be you might have to be a little bit more selective where you eat so
1: you may not always be able to get the quick cheap option but I bet in Shanghai there are a of like vegan and veggie places. Oh yeah, because there's such a massive expat community there. I bet. Yeah, I mean it's not. Yeah, like but it's not going to be. Cheap, cheap it's not going to be the cheapy cheap option. Like, <clears throat> I, I would have said, or you could probably could have gotten a meal on the side of the street for like two dollars or something. But it, it may not be as cheap as that for veggie stuff.
0: Yeah, it depends if you go to those little dumpling houses and you just get shu tai mian, which is just mm-hmm. like veggie noodles. It's very inexpensive, but then you don't know if the broth is actually made with vegetables or if it has meat in it. Because often those places they don't mm-hmm. really understand what vegetarianism is, which we mentioned a lot about in our show about being a vegetarian. <laughs> so listen to that if you're interested. Um, so yeah, I would say a good estimate would be between twelve and fourteen hundred U.S. dollars for the month, mm-hmm. and that's kind of. The base, to be honest, the basic. I did calculate some of the meals being like fancier meals. So, like an average meal in Shanghai, a, like not fancy one, is gonna cost between five and six dollars. But then, if you go out and you want to have a glass of wine and you want to have, you know, something nicer to eat, that's gonna be closer to like two hundred mm-hmm. easily, actually. So, I I calculated eight meals like nicer meals into the budget so to me that's probably about right but then i don't know if you want to like go and see do some sightseeing and if yeah. there's extra costs for tickets or if you want to go drinking
1: then that's going to really cost quite a bit yeah I, I i did i found some prices for like some sightseeing stuff oh nice um and they range like there's the UUN gardens which apparently are very popular and that's only 6 Um, Or if you want to go on a sightseeing bus tour, for a 48 hour pass, that's only $7.86. That's really accurate. Oh, no, it's accurate because it's obviously in Yuan first. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, So let's say $8. Uh, Not bad. Uh, If you want to go to the Shanghai Shanghai Tower Deck, that's close to $30. Um, But that's the world's fastest elevator. That's pretty cool. Um, and the world's highest observation deck. Oh well, there, there you go. That's a good thirty dollars well spent, I think. Hmm. And uh, also the Oriental Pearl TV Tower. Uh, that's thirty-five dollars. So yeah, if you want to do some sightseeing stuff, that that could be a bit more expensive.
0: But for twelve hundred bucks, you can definitely survive comfortably there. Mm. Yeah, and you could Definitive do it for less. I think. Yeah, if you do, you could definitely do less too if you don't go out much to eat and you're really careful with transportation. So, you know, it's every person is really different with their spending. People have different standards and are used to spending a certain amount. If they need their Starbucks every morning, then obviously that's gonna add up really quick in Shanghai. Or if you need to eat specific food from a specific place, but you, I'm sure there are statistics online of what the average Chinese person spends in Shanghai, and I'm sure it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's probably really low. I had a friend here whose wife spent an average of nine yuan per day. So that's like a dollar fifty to sixty. Um, what? That's
1: what she would spend for the day. For, what would she buy? She would buy food like rice and some veg. So she would buy her, di- like, a meal She to buy to cook at home, or was that eating? That it? was everything she would buy in the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cheap date? Mm-hmm, definitely. Wow. <laughs> so you can do it for less, but uh, you gotta know... Yeah, but you want to kind of enjoy yourself a bit as
0: well. Sure, sure. Definitely. Oh, I also wanted to note that Corey mentioned Hong Kong in the group of the big cities in China. And I just want to separate that because it's kind of its own. It's on its own playing field. You can't really group Hong Kong in with Beijing, Shanghai and Shenzhen. It's quite a bit more expensive in Hong Kong. The hostel, like the living expenses, staying in Hong Kong is quite a bit more expensive. Yeah, even the cheap option is expensive. The cheap option is expensive and disgusting. And awful. <laughs> Yeah, it's really... <laughs> we've all done it gross. We, we've been there on visa runs and etc. Chunking Mansions. There's a documentary about chunking Mansions, mm-hmm. by the way. Highly recommend it. It is... Uh, I don't even know how to describe it. In a world of its own. It is very scary stuff. Um, <laughs> seedy... To the umph degree. But anyway, I just wanted to separate Hong Kong from this list because you can't stay in Hong Kong for the same amount of money even as you would you stay in spend, Shanghai.
1: What did you say? $1,200? You could spend that in one day in Hong Kong. And Easily. I'm not even kidding you.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've spent $100 on one meal really? in Hong Kong and it was, you know, I didn't even drink with it. Spend it was that the food. not drink. on drinks, I <laughs> It's just the food. (laughs) Anyway, you can do Hong Kong also on a budget, but you have to be really careful, and it's not the same as in the mainland. So just keep that in mind.
1: All right, then let's move on to the massage part of the question. I didn't find as much as I'd hoped, actually. I thought I was going to find some, like, really cool stuff. I found one course. This is the title. It's called Study Foot Reflexology Massage Course at the Shanghai University of Traditional Chinese Medicine. But it's not cheap. It's... Two thousand five hundred RMB per week, which is three four four hundred dollars. Four hundred dollars, and it's a two-week cost. That's basically the only cost I found that looked real. The others, the other stuff looked a bit dodgy. Mm-hmm.
0: I also found the Shanghai University of Traditional Chinese Medicine's cool. website. That's a mouthful. I guess they do pretty good marketing. Mm-hmm. It looks, it looks yeah, legit. looks legit. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. So we'll put the link also in the show notes for that. It's got a really weird URL. I found quite a bit of stuff about courses in Shanghai in English, um, but I searched the keyword TCM classes Shanghai. Mm-hmm. TCM class Shanghai. TCM is traditional Chinese medicine, so it includes things like foot reflexology and Twina massage, which by the way, if you want to look up Twina classes, Shanghai, you could probably also find it. That's T-U-I-N-A, Twina. That's a type of Chinese massage. So maybe you can search around with different keywords because I'm also not... It's difficult to vet these schools just based on what their websites look like, but I found a lot of different classes under that keyword. So maybe you can do a little digging... And then hopefully you can get in contact, ask to get in contact with a previous student to see what their experience was like. So yeah, if you look up TCM class Shanghai, I think you'll be able to find some more options. I think the Shanghai University also has yeah some classes.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's such a massive city. There's got to be courses, but courses in English as well. I, th- I mean, obviously that's the that's the difficulty but my thoughts are obviously you need to talk to people who live in the city and have also maybe done these courses so found two sites one's called smart Shanghai and the other one is smartexpat.com and they're like they have a lot of expats on there obviously uh, expats and also Ch- uh, local Chinese people who you can ask um, specifically like do they know about courses in English?
0: Yeah, or you could do it the other way around, too, where you just find groups of people or, like, websites that are all about studying TCM Mm -hmm. and then see if anybody has connections with Shanghai and can
1: recommend anything. And also, I check on Facebook. I bet there's a ton of groups specifically for expats in Shanghai, and I bet there'll be someone on there who could uh, point you in the right direction as well. Definitely. Maybe even WeChat would have some. Mm. If you can search for a group, or yeah, it's hard to get in there, though, isn't it? It's it's easy. It's easy enough to like someone to send you like a group, but to find them, I've never really done that. So maybe maybe it's, I think it's, it's worth, worth a... a try. It's worth it. Worth a try.
0: Yeah, you can't search those private groups, but you may be able to find someone through following a company page. Like there may be some mm. companies that do so, like. The Shanghai University of Traditional Chinese Medicine probably has a WeChat group and then you can kind of follow the lead. Like If you can find some people who follow that, then maybe it'll lead you to... It's going back... It's full circle. It's going back to this whole idea that in China you don't just Google something, you need to find a lead through your own network. So if you can start getting some of those seeds ready while you're still in the U.S. before you go, then it'll be that much easier to connect with people once you're in Shanghai. You'll just waste less time
1: and get a better experience out of it. Yeah, and you, I mean, I think it's best to arrange it beforehand as well, so that you, I mean, so I guess you can arrange the rest of your time there as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I know that's not super comprehensive, but I hope that was
1: helpful, Corey. Yeah. Thank Hopefully you. Hopefully we've given some direction. <laughs> I hope so, too.
0: <laughs> Thank you for sending in a voicemail, Corey. If you out there listeners are dying to ask us a question about life in China, please send us your voice, writtenchinese.com
1: slash voicemail. We're waiting for your messages. Yeah, and all of our uh, links will be at writtenchinese.com slash episode 120, including our word of the week. Nora, do we have a word of the week?
0: So, today's word is massage. Of Of course course. it is. (laughs) (laughs) So, massage is anmo. And I just want to specify this is for back massage and tweena and this kind of stuff. Not for a foot massage. They have another different word for that. So, anmo is the word of the week. Thanks for listening. Bye.